In this very presidential Talk Talk Taco Tuesday, Jimmy Lewis and Logan Tyler welcomed on Larry Giles to talk about safety gear that you should be running in your back. It was a fantastic conversation that you're going to learn a lot from. Rooster Endo was featuring some pretty roosting bikes and also one bike that endoed pretty hard. And then, of course, there was a lot of good questions that got answered. You're going to learn a lot from listening to this episode, and I can't thank the sponsors enough who make this show possible. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, and Trail Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Now here's the show. I'm the president of this show. Yep. My name is Jimmy Lewis. Uh, Logan is the vice president of this show. And you are watching Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. And I think we're getting some feedback from something. It's from them. Oh, yeah? The special guest. Yeah, our special guest we're getting feedback out of. Oh, we need to get that yeah, echo. They don't have any headphones on right now. Okay, they need to turn it down somehow. Or there's a second device playing in the background. I'm not sure. Yeah. Did you mute it? Are we done? Um, We're figuring this out. This is how the show works. We never can do it right. Not not once. But this is this is what we're going to do. Um, since this is the State of the Union address, Logan, since you're my vice president, put on a mask and just shut up and look pretty. And if you want a double mask, that's good, too. <laughs> Because this is the way that we do things around here. I talk and you just um, mask up and look pretty. What? You're not going to mask up, bro? I'm not sick anymore. It doesn't matter if you're sick or not. That protects everybody from everything. That's the way way we're going to do this. Um, So here's what you really need to know. uh, Because that's what the State of the Union. You guys got to quit getting really crappy advice. And then hitting us up for the real answer. Like don't act on the crappy advice right from the beginning. Cause I saw a whole bunch of um, different people that had problems and it was all result of them going down problem Avenue, we'll call it. And problem Avenue is when you decide that you want to, uh, whoa, what was that noise? No. Larry, can you meet yourself? Yeah, Problem Avenue is uh, the one where probably whatever you did last to your motorcycle is the beginning of all the problems you're now going to have. So just kind of t- start taking back steps of, of what you did because I think we even have some questions tonight where I'm going to kind of go into this. It was like, this wouldn't be a problem if you hadn't touched the thing in the first place. <laughs> so um anyhow what else is what else is uh oh Husebergs are the best uh bikes uh known to man and because i have a Husaberg problem and i'm admitting it i think that i'm going to uh, have another one show up here and that means i have some ktm rfs bikes that i'm selling for we'll call them bargain basement prices but it's not really because bikes, any good running bike is worth a lot more today than it was two years ago and four years ago and all that stuff. It's called inflation. And uh, I didn't make inflation. You can't blame me for inflation. It just happened. But just because I want to sell you a good running bike, you have to pay the price. So if you want to buy an RFS, KTM, a 400, a 250, or even a 525, and I'm talking about a mean 525, has a lot of power. A lot of power. I will put a loud pipe on it if you want, and it'll have even more loud power. It'll sound like it has so much more power. So I was looking at the the numbers 
and everybody likes to bring up numbers, and I will, used vehicles are up 42% from just a year ago because of this inflation stuff. And I checked my prices and my prices are not up 42%. So that's why these are bargain basement deals on, on bikes. And that's why you should uh, buy one if you want a nice look. They have carburetors on them, so they're so so they're, there's no electronic fuel injection, none of that horrible electronic fuel injection that you don't want to have anything to do with, unless you're me. Um, they have uh, PDS suspension, which is the best. I'll say that most of the time. The motors are almost indestructible, and the only thing that that really is wrong with those with those motors, the old RFS motors, is uh, the intake valves tend to wear. So you just pop new intake valves in it. Um, if you're a decent mechanic, it's not a big deal. And if you're not a decent mechanic, you just send it to somebody and spend a little extra money on that. So um, what else do we have to talk about in State of the Union, Logan? I don't know what it is. You don't know what the State of the Union is? Mm. That's where the president, I'm really am doing civics here in, in, in Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's what we're going up against. We're competing against... That's why our viewership is probably so high right now, because everybody wants to look at something else than a babbling politician that's just saying whatever he can to make him look better and not really tell you what's actually going on. Well, mm -hmm. they kind of do, but they, they put a spin on it. That's the way politics works. Doesn't matter which side or any of this other stuff. Hey, do they do that thing after the State of the Union? Does, does the opposing party get to have a get to have a little... Oh yeah. Say it's a big, it's a big the, deal the, for the, the for, for the opposing party. They get to have they get to have their equal time, correct? Not equal. It's like a rebuttal. Oh, they get they, whatever whatever party. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. If, really, they make a big deal. Of I it. didn't know if that was state of the union. But anyway, so it's where the president gets up to you and tells you, "Hey, this is what's going on with the U.S., bro." I mean, they'd like to say it like that, but they mm -hmm. got to look professional. Yeah. None like this show. So, uh, what else is up? I rode. I got to go riding. With Big John, that yeah. was that was up. That was, good. that was good. Big John has a brand new Husqvarna 300 TPI T I T T E I T E T E I Rockstar Factory TPI. Edition. It's why, why the full. It's TPI, but they call it a T E. That's the with the little I. Instead of XE, it's... But I didn't know they made factory editions, so he has a Rockstar edition of this thing, and he got it because... And and he did nothing but complain. This is this is Big John for you. Yeah. Nothing but complain because he had to get that bike because it, it had all of the the stuff, the mm -hmm. things. Like, he, he wanted a certain transmission and a certain brakes and a certain... And it, it, was, it was funny. He's like, you wouldn't believe how hard it was to find a bike like this. And I'm like, yeah, it seems like it's hard to find a bike. But he wasn't one of those guys that wanted to, you know take a picture or anything. He just wanted to ride the damn thing, put scratches in it. So it was pretty good times. Um, and now he's got his big springs. So he's going to be, he's going to be all good. We're going to get him on for a better rider podcast here real soon. So we can talk about what it's like to be a bigger, bigger dude. Which bigger, episode two coming out soon. Larger rider. Yeah. So episode two coming out tomorrow. Uh, Thursday. If, Thursday. Yes. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, and if that makes any sense, but you can always just uh, go to the Better Rider podcast on all the uh, podcast platforms and uh, see that. That's uh, 
courtesy of jimmylewisoffroad.com. But we wouldn't be here tonight without the help of some sponsors, right, Logan? Mm-hmm. Do you know who they are? Uh, climb. Right. DDC. What climb stuff did you wear today? Inversion jacket, whatever. You, really? That one is, yeah. Yeah? Inversion jacket. Inversion jacket. What's yeah, it? Yeah. He has a pullover one? Like I do? Yeah, mm-hmm. like my it's a zip. jackets. Yeah. Oh, okay. My company jackets are inversions. Oh, you <laughs> you got Climb Company jackets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like and then go. that's good. I've seen them before. That's yeah. I, now I start remembering that. That's pretty good. Good. So you wore Climb stuff today. I I, I I'm gonna pull out my Climb um, bundle. It's a bundle. It's a it's a Climb um, other side. My uh, my backpack. My knack pack. Yeah. I'm gonna pull that up in a few minutes because tonight on the show we have uh, Captain Larry. Mm-hmm. who's going to give us a little safety advice, which we all, we all need. And, um, it's trying to make this show, you know, somewhat educational, just a little bit. Takamoto mm-hmm. sponsoring your favorite segment, right? Yeah. Rooster Endo. Yes. Yeah. You feeling kind of chipper tonight. You're going to ready to give it to these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Scott sports maker mm-hmm. of awesome goggles. Um, I'm still loving the light transition lenses, especially when we are riding in when the when when we the other day when we had clouds and no clouds and clouds and no clouds and then we rode across like perfectly white dirt ground. Man, I love those things. And my eyes really like them even better now. DDC, makers of really good sprockets, Delaney Drive components, go to ddcracing.net. And of course, Trail Tech. So if you ever get lost, uh, Trail Tech Voyager will get you out of there. And if you have a Voyager Pro, you can use Buddy Tracking. And if you need a kickstand, they make kickstands too. So, cooling fans, radiator fans as well. Tell us about a Yamaha, Logan. Um, the Yamaha four-stroke bike is for motocross riders driven to dominate. The Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes <clears throat> are built for victory. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with powerful four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the full factory ride, both the YZ450 and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Editions graphic package. And you can take precision tunability, to the next level with the Yamaha exclusive and industry only free power tuner app. Visit yamahamotorsports.com today. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter victory zone. Would take a couple weeks off reading? Yeah. Yeah, I could tell. Maybe you should have put the mask on to read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think we're going to we're going to skip uh getting to the questions right off the bat tonight. I think we're going to go straight into the Captain Larry safety segment okay sounds good so uh, we'll get them uh get them all hooked up if he has a uh, airpods that would be fantastic oh, but yeah so we'll we don't see, have we'll see how this feedback is so if, <laughs> so if, let's let's bring them on and if we have any feedback then we'll uh we'll shut them down and put them on the the airpods or whatever how are we doing can you hear us good there yeah i can hear you Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, on, uh, on your show tonight your show tonight show tonight yeah, welcome to the show. Um, so we're going to turn our headphones down just a little bit. Logan, is that better? Uh, I would oh, guess. Yeah, we got feedback. Yeah. So, oh, we do have feedback. Yeah, it's bad. 
Okay, is there any chance you can do uh, headphones or something? Uh, I've got uh, headphones, I've got on, headphones right on right now, oh, and, and I don't have any other audio going in the house. In the house. Oh, so then it's our own. It's us? Yeah. Try turning. What happens if you turn that soundboard off? Turn this one off? Yeah, see what happens. Okay, here we go. It's on the other side. Engineering live on the show. Is that <laughs> okay. helping? How's this? I don't. Larry, Larry can you? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Loud and clear. This is this is how we we fix problems. It, that's not the problem. I don't know where it's coming from. Okay, I can turn I can turn the headphones off and just go just go on the there's, on the. There's the weird echo going on from us. I think we have something. Is something on, on here? Is somebody? Is your phone on? <laughs> here, hold on. Okay, how about now? Let's try this. Yeah, I'm not okay. hearing it. I'm not hearing it anymore. No, yes. no, it's it's. I think it's on the streaming side here. Okay. So one more check. Uh, we should one two one two. Yeah. That's good now. Okay. 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 Larry Giles, welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. After at least a minute of technical difficulties, it makes for great audio. Thanks for having me on the show. Wait, I think we're, I think it's that just that kind of latency that we have on, you know, when we're doing these different calls, we got to try using our Google account for doing this. See if that works too. We patch that in, but we'll work on this later. Logan, how come you didn't test the feedback loop? Um, when I did the Zoom, it didn't have one. Okay. <laughs> so you're claiming you're better at Zooming. No. <laughs> okay. So the reason we have Larry on is because you were how many years lifeguard? Oh, now we have no, no audio at all. No audio at all? Mm-mm. Okay. How about now? How about uh, one, two? Yeah, now we hear him. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so my background was uh, 34 years in the Marine Safety Department for the city of Encinitas, and um, I ran uh, dive, search, and rescue, and uh, swift water teams, and uh, we did a lot of cliff rescue and open ocean rescue. So we're all over the county of San Diego, and so that that's my background, and and. Uh, we, you know, it was a great career and uh, just recently retired about six months ago. And you have acquired the love of dirt bikes during this time. Yeah, I've been out to Jimmy class a couple of times. Uh, and now that I have the, the opportunity to uh, focus my time and on myself, um, I've definitely uh, gotten into riding and bought a new uh, KTM EXC 350. So enjoying myself. Awesome. So uh, we we have talked a bunch of times uh, about just kind of safety in general. And I, I remember you kind of quizzed me about, hey, like, what do you do? What do you carry? And then we just started talking about it. And he brought up a couple really good things. And I think one of the most important things that you did say was um, they had something about something to do with about uh, being prepared. And and I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It's kind of like we, we have the saying that that the best kind of oil in your motorcycle is to have some <laughs> so there was a saying you made about about safety that that sort of came this way yeah so like in the industry i came from uh, uh no plan is a plan to fail so that's it uh, that yeah no plan is a plan to fail you got that logan mm-hmm. are you going to remember this should for a whole week <laughs> okay so so 
we started talking to it. It's like, Hey, what do you carry in this? And do you have this other stuff? And I talked about some things that some of my other riders carry with them. And so we wanted to just a little bit talk about kind of general safety. And then like, so what someone should be carrying, if you're carrying stuff, like what would be a good thing to carry? And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my riding pack and pull out the stuff that I have. And we're going to see how adequate it is or inadequate it, which it, probably would fall in a little bit more an inadequate and then just some general things on what you know so if you have questions about this while we're here in the in the chat um, go ahead and kind of throw those up in the chat and we can address some of this stuff but we'll get into sort of what our our kit is and then uh, and then go from go from there so you want to who's going to you want to show yours first or me show mine first And um, I got my medical stuff in there that I think that would be appropriate for the ride that I'm going to go do, depending on the topography, time of year, and, you know, the depth of the ride, you know, how uh, isolated it is. And then also what kind of resources are going to be available to get in there in case I have a problem or somebody else that I come across or my partner that I'm riding with. So um, I have a main bag, this big green one right here in my, my truck my van and it's got the heavy duty medical side of it you know uh, working 34 years in the emt um i've acquired things in the field that uh, i think would be great for having just in case and so do i carry this out when i'm riding no it's 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 pretty heavy but if i had to and we're in a remote location myself or somebody else to go back and get this equipment or this gear and bring it back until we can get better resources there. So um, that bag is, you know, it's got splints in it. Um, I've got a stethoscope, BP cuff, pulse oximeter, um, more blankets, and um, just a variety of just EMT type uh, equipment and supplies in that. Um, on the lighter side, um, you know, when I, I, I got this climb pack right here that I, that I bring, and oh, the looks basic. really, really familiar. That looks yeah. very familiar. That looks like exactly like the one I'm going to throw up on the table, except it, it's not sunflated and bleached like mine. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this pack because I, I can put things that I always know that I'm going to need. So uh, my train of thought is before I go out, what kind of communications do I have and what's available to me? Uh, does my cell phone work in that location? Do I need a GPS? Um, my wife just went out and uh, got me one of these Garmin inreaches. And then Trail Tech is another great device. Um, we used to have a couple of those and somehow they vanished because they're pretty popular. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, there's a lot of great uh, technology out there that really will help you in these situations if you ever, you know, get into one. So um, making sure that you get good self coverage or, you know, you have uh, satellite coverage you can also always, you know, rent a sat phone for those areas that you're going to go into that have limited access and coverage in them. So those are the first thing that goes in my head is communications before I go ride. And who are we going to get a hold of if something goes wrong or we come across somebody else out there uh, on yeah, that's a 
That's a pretty good way to kind of start thinking about it, though, as far as like I I never really thought about like, you know, I, I well, I do think about how I'm going to communicate because I'm going to go into my bag here. And so the first thing I'm going to pull out is my in reach also. So this is an older one. It's actually when it was in reach, when it was Delorum, it was pre Garmin. And so it's still um, still the same thing. I actually just had to put a battery in this because the battery finally failed, but still it works and and because there's a lot of places where I'm riding where there is no cell service. And and I generally, in areas I'm familiar with, I do know where there's cell service and then I know where there's not. But I also ride alone quite a bit. And anytime I'm riding alone, I have this on and there's someone that knows that it's on and it's tracking. We have kind of a system and maybe one of these shows will kind of go over like some really unique ways to use these uh, in general. And then of course, you know, you have your, your cell phone and, you know, is your battery charged? Do you have a way to charge it back up? There's all kinds of questions, uh, like that as well. Um, and one more thing I'd like to add to that is if your, uh, cell phone battery is going just find yourself in a situation, your cell phone battery starts to go dead. Um, someone told me that the, one of the best things to do is to start sending emails out, uh, of your, if you can get your location, your GPS coordinates and stuff, send your location out and emails or texts, you know, and say that, hey, my battery's low and that, you know, that way that there's people that'll at least be checking what, what might know exactly where you were at the last, you know, last point, as long as you're not moving. And then if you are moving, let them know that you're moving in kind of what direction. So, Yep, you're up ne near next, Larry. Keep going. Yeah, so, uh, and that's a great thing, you know, to bring up is always check to make sure you got good batteries and good charge. Um, I think the other thing is, is like, I, I just, you know, got this Garmin inReach and I don't know how to use it. And one <laughs> of the biggest things out um, when I did a lot of uh, rescue star work is if you didn't know how to use a piece of equipment, the equipment was worthless. So that's a, another thing is really kind of dive in, get in some YouTube videos and uh, read the manual and figure yeah, out well, how this is proficient. For, for, for sure with the, the inReach, it's simple because I have some of the guys I rally train with that are not rocket scientists, but they can operate that thing just fine when they remember to operate it. <laughs> That's that's half the problem. Like you just said, it's like it's like, and so now in a lot of our map books, the very first thing it says is turn on your tracker, tracker, send a message, so that we can, you know, they're not allowed to leave until they ping up on the tracker. Because we had them take off before, and the tracker's not on. It's like, oh, this is going to be an interesting day. <laughs> so, anyways, okay, what's uh, what else do you got? And then redundancy, you know, I have a Garmin watch. I, I bring an extra GPS and I always bring my phone just in case. So I have a little bit of redundancy. And then the next thing I go into is, um, you know, food, water. Um, what, what kind of ride am I going to go do? And uh, I'll just base it off of uh, the duration of the ride, what I'm going to bring for hydration and, and um, what kind of food I want or power bar or something along those lines. Um then my next step is, you know, there is something serious that happens out on the trail. From my experiences, you know, if you get into a serious situation out there, um, what can you do? What's realistic? And one of the things I always carry wherever I go is I carry a couple um, of uh, basically 
tourniquets and um they're great there's there's a lot of these um tourniquets on the market that are quick and easy to put on and i highly recommend these um they're great to just put in your car or in your backpack but always carry a tourniquet or some sort of uh supplies that you can make one out there in the field and that's one of the the biggest ones the sleeve of a jersey will work in a pinch by the way (laughs) <laughs> having having been on on uh, on some time when we cut the sleeve off of a jersey and tied it around and pinched down because we didn't know how bad the bleeding was so and so, and you know, i think there's back. i think also i think there's some training that that should be involved with tourniquets correct absolutely and uh there's a lot of great videos but you know getting you know your, your first aid or first responder certification is, is huge and that will give you a good, you know, set of skills to apply out there in the field for yourself or somebody else. Yep. So I I probably should because I've done the basic. I guess it's just basic first aid, which is something that we have to do for some of the coaching certifications that I have. And it's they actually it's funny they focused more on like you know heat heat prostration and and hypothermia and stuff like that than really kind of severe injuries because it wasn't really directed towards um you know motorcycle riding where i i see like what we see is like broken bones and then head injuries and bleeding (laughs) are the are kind of the three things when it you know when it gets serious those are the those are the three kind of categories that i've noticed yeah. So I'm skipping around a little bit, you know, with my medical training and stuff like that, I've kind of honed this down. So I may not be hitting, you know, this in a, like a textbook way, but you know, one of the biggest things I always carry is uh bleeding control. Um, right. And, and that's, so that's good gauze. And then um, the other thing is, as I got hemostatic gauze in, in case you get a penetrating wound, you land in some, you know, uh, branches, trees, or, you know, on some sort of, you know, you know, hard terrain stick. Yeah. (laughs) And this stuff works great. And uh, that also takes training and there's some information on the back as well, but you know, you definitely need to get the training and the certification to go with these things. So uh, tourniquet, hemostatic gauze. Um, The other thing I bring is, um, a blanket and I have two blankets. I got just your regular silver kind of metallic looking flat blanket, you know, just super basic. They're very cheap and they're very, you know, easy to put in your pack. And then I actually have a more serious blanket and basically it is like a sleeping bag and I can actually put somebody or myself completely in it and then draw down, you know, just where the face is exposed. You keep the airway going but to retain the heat as much as possible. So that's the other thing, you know, treating for shock or somebody starts to get, you know, hypothermic. uh, That's a a big uh, thing to consider is carrying in your pack. Yeah. So so those, those blankets, the reflective blankets can be used as when you don't need them for warmth, they can be used for shade, which I've seen done before. Um, You know, you can find something to prop it up or lean it up against the bike and, and get underneath it. If it's a, if it's a heat related situation and then you can like with that set up there, you could definitely double insulate if you needed to. And it depends on the, (laughs) again, time of year, temperature, things like this. 
Yeah, and, and the metallic ones, you know, you get that in the sun and it, it puts off a lot of reflective light on that too. So it could be, you know, a little bit of a signaling device. So that's, you know, I that's what I'm carrying in my pack. Um, you know, you're out in a rural environment and, you know, you really think about if something really does happen, you know, airway, breathing, circulation. And um, those are the first things that crossed my That's head. The, yeah, the ABCs that they <laughs> that they talk about. Yeah, and so um, that's pretty much real brief um, that I put in my pack just to carry. You know, when I'm riding with with somebody else or just myself. So I got my communications. I've got uh, tourniquet, hemostatic gauze, a blanket. And I just carry just some Curlex, you know, just in case, you know, I can make my own little Band-Aid out of it if I had right. to. And then if I get into bigger stuff, um, you know, I've got a, a sling in case you dislocate the shoulder or you break the arm. I've got the Sam splints um, in my other bigger pack. And so I, I have different levels of, of packs, um, you know, based out of my vehicle and what I'm carrying on my back. And then I do have just a regular big backpack right here that just carries an assortment of other stuff, fire studying things. Um, if I'm going to go out for longer rides and, right. um, I always bring, you know, reading glasses, you know, 54 <laughs> years old. So I have extra glasses just in case, you know, I get out there and, um, you know, and I carry more than just one starting, um, uh, source of, you know, to, to start a fire with. And then also illumination. I, I carry, you know, not just a headlamp, but I also have a uh, several different flashlights that I carry as well. And then, you know, I get the flashlight on my phone as well as a redundancy. So um, that's kind of just going out. That's a basic ride for me. That's what I'm carrying yeah, in my that's, pack. It's, it makes me feel better because I, I have, I think I have most of those items. I'm going to kind of peel into my pack here. Hey, Logan, these are... Uh, these are rubber gloves. What I use those for? Oh. <laughs> um, there's some some assorted tools. I have my I have my Motion Pro tools in here. I'm going to pull all this stuff out. Another plier here, but there's there's something in here I wanted to show you. That's a uh, tape and stuff. Here's the other mask that you get to wear. You want to wear this mask? That was in case I uh, had That's to stop. At, that will give you COVID. Stop at the store. <laughs> Uh, quick Another steel a fire yeah uh we'll get down i know it was in here someplace there's there was an important thing maybe i stuffed it in the other compartment when i was peeling peeling stuff out uh a knife there's a knife in there a ktm axle wrench and there actually if i if i see how dusty that is if i actually snorted that right now i'd get advil yeah because <laughs> of my advil things but uh i pull out my inreach that's that's always sitting up in here um, I don't have the tourniquet jacket, climb, um, lightweight climb jacket. These are my extra pair of gloves that I always carry. These are the normal gloves because last time I was riding, I had my windstopper gloves, which are usually in here for when it gets cold. This is a uh, parts flashlight. I got, I got this, uh, this is a, is a good one here. Got a good flashlight and then it does that and does that. So it's kind of like one of those little emergency flashlights and you can stick it to things and set it up on stuff. So there's my flashlight. Uh, and then I have, I'm pretty sure I have two packs in here. So I have these little um, ultralight watertight 
medical kit. And I think this one has like the normal stuff in it. It has, it's going to have, I, I haven't opened it up for a long time. I remember I looked in it. Yeah, it has the gauze stuff, little things to tape stuff together. Um, but the usual things. And then I have this other one, and this is really cool. So this is one that you can get. It's the Riders First Responder Kit, and you can get it from the Kurt Caselli Foundation. And it has a lot of the same stuff that we were just talking about. Um, it's it's kind of similar to this one with the gauze and those little triage bandages. Uh, some alcohol wipes. Are those, would that be antiseptic wipes? Yep. Will those be helpful? Good to have? Yeah. Um, let's see. What's this? Um, it's a breathing tube, I think. Oh, a CPR 30.2. How does that work, Logan? I don't know. They were handing them out when we were CPR trained. Oh, yeah? So that's good. It's, it's so you don't have to really give them a good old lip lock. Mm -hmm. I think. Hey, look at that. Spare pair of gloves, Logan. <laughs> um, Life-saving life first aid device. This is the, the SWAT, the stretch and tuck tourniquet. So I do have a tourniquet. I didn't know that I had that. That's pretty cool. See, here's, here's how unprepared I am, Larry, that I don't know exactly what I have. Um, and there's a Sharpie so I can draw mustaches on you after you die. Uh, so that's in that part of the kit. And it's a pretty good little kit. Um, it's kind of funny because I, I knew what was in the other one and I hadn't really dug into this one because I got it. lots of bandages and stuff. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Look, an instruction manual. And there's it starts out with a disclaimer, which is always good. It means it's probably got some good stuff. Yeah. And it gives you all this stuff. So if somebody finds me laying on the ground, they can open up the instructions mm -hmm. and then, you know, perform whatever procedure is, is, uh, is necessary. So, and there's something else that was really important that I wanted to show you that I know was, oh, here it is right here. So this little bag, Larry, this is the, this is the, this is the important thing right there. This is my personal medical information sheet that's in here. So, and, and the guys that I ride with know that it's in here and they know that if they, you know, scoop me up, this has uh, a lot of stuff about my ID, my insurance, you know, blood type, things like that. Um, uh, do not resuscitate that things, all, <laughs> all, all those kind of things in there. But this is, this is in here in the, in the same pack that I have my, uh, my safety blankets. So, but it's kind of right there and it says, Jimmy Lewis's personal medical information. I think there's a, also a copy of my driver's license and a couple other things in case I start losing it. But I got my – mine's gold, by the way. It's, is that one better than silver? Platinum. Yeah, gold one. And, uh, and then, of course, I have stickers. You know, So if you go riding with me, you get one of these uh, uh, fuck you stickers. <laughs> so all, uh, all good. So what, 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 grade does my, uh, what grade does my kit get? Larry. Oh, hey, 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 there's some cash. There's cash yeah. in there. <laughs> so. Always buy, buy your way out of a situation. Um, yeah. I would give your, your pack right now, I'd give you out of five, I'd give you like a 3.9. That's pretty good. And, pack. and I lost a whole point by not knowing exactly what was in that stuff and not, and so, cause you should know because you, 
you don't have time. That's the thing is when an, when an accident happens, what was what, what what is it that he wanted you to remember? That no plan is a plan to fail. Right. So my medium half-ass plan is semi ready to fail. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm gonna get on top of this. I also have a tow rope in here. Usually, hopefully, there's a tow rope and some big zip ties. Um, but tow rope can be used as a tourniquet, right? In time well, of absolutely. need. Absolutely. Yeah. You got a <laughs> knife and. Yeah, yep, knives that here. rope can I be got, cut. Um, you can put a stick into that and uh, you know, yeah, rotate it to get the uh, tension. My knife's coated with ibuprofen. <laughs> it's it's all good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of the, it's kind of the thing. So, anyways, do we have any good questions in the chat, Matt? Uh, just some people making some uh, kind of putting their two cents in. Uh, Victor said a quick uh, clot bleeding control kit. Uh, could help a lot that's the gauze that larry showed yeah, yeah uh, that's, he also said tampons can work in an emergency which i've heard of this before yeah uh, and they also they, those were good for really starting as well so for um, starting part you, yeah. you know what i'm you, you know what i'm a little worried about is i don't see my fire starting uh stuff in here right now which uh, i'm going to add to it if i can't if i can't dig it up but i usually have so what I usually have, and I, I I suspect it's in one of these other bags here with some of the other tools is, I have one of those, um, it's like a stick of magnesium with a flint on the back of it. And so you use your knife to cut some of the magnesium off and it will light wet wood. There it is right there. Yeah, it will light wet wood on fire. And uh, fire can be a really uh, helpful thing, uh, especially when you're broken down and you're bored out of your mind. At least you can you know start lighting stuff on fire. Oh, hey, I got <laughs> something else. This may not apply to us desert folks, but bug spray, that's some some really strong, uh, repel, deep bug spray. Because I have broken down, or not broken down, I've been delayed. I haven't broken down very much, but I was delayed once in one of the most gnarly mosquito-infested places ever. And those things just went after me. And it was warmer time of year, and they were going through my shirt, and they, I mean – and if I didn't have anything, and I got I got annihilated. So, what are you looking up, Matt? How to pronounce what Victor just put in? Because uh, I think it's actually a really good point. What's that? It's the uh, uh, new Monthra Monthonrax kit. What's, uh, what's new new month? I can't pronounce. It. I know Monthorax. what he said. Is essentially when you have air like in around like a collapsed lung. And uh-huh. You have a kit right there. Nemothorax. There we go. Nemothorax. That's how I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, did you get inflated? <laughs> I did. Oh, you inflated him. No, I, oh. I got uninflated. Oh, they, they uninflated you. Yeah. How, how does that work? There was uh, air in between my chest wall and my lung. Uh-huh. So they took it out. So oh. Like, a flail, flail chest. Injury. There's a weird thing yeah. about how you're built, and Logan was tall, skinny people have an issue with glass lungs. Uh-huh. Got a big long medical name for it. Uh, so folks that, folks that have that, Logan was diagnosed with. It. I'm actually diagnosed with, it, even though I've thrown a bunch of beer on my long, skinny build. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you, why I've had multiple collapsed lungs so so do not hit the ground hard is really the the best thing to not avoid a collapsed lung is to avoid a collapsed lung but 
like so. But if you are a tall, skinny build, you are. Uh, tall, skinny people are more susceptible to this. A lot, lot, like the numbers are through the charts. How much more? Do you know this, Larry? Uh, no, that's a new one. No, yeah, it's well, a medical name. I don't yeah, they're, they're, it, uh, Logan's Mark dad Rick. here is is uh, is yeah, dropping knowledge on us from the sidelines. He doesn't have, he doesn't have Bob over there to like you know <laughs> compare the information. So, so, so let, let's, let's just say like, if you do slap the ground really hard and you get the wind knocked out of you, man, it's been a long time since I've done that. Thank God. Um, if you're tall and skinny, you could you, very well have a nematorax. Ne nematorax. Okay. So, so. And your lung just collapses. Collapses. And then you can't breathe. So you're done if you don't get yeah, get it pumped back up. Were you were you asleep for a little while after you did this? No, you just couldn't breathe. Well, it was my left one was fine. My right one was like ten percent. Yeah, and so they they but when, when do they do this out in the field or they do it? No, I was um, at the prompt hospital. Oh, at the hospital, yeah. and then they pumped you back up. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't want to know anything about it. They a little bit of training, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they drank? A more advanced. Yeah. Well, that's, this, is, this is beyond the scope of the, our discussion right now. Not really. <laughs> or, if you're tall and skinny, don't crash. Yeah. If you're tall and skinny, don't, don't crash. crash. That's what we're getting from the side. Did you hear that, Logan? Yeah. Don't, don't crash. It's a lot better. It's, I like not crashing, too, because then I don't have to hurt for the next few days. So what I went over here was pretty brief, but there's one more point I, I think that's really uh, good to bring up is who you're riding with and, and communicating with them. Um, you know, if you're allergic to, to bees or, or anything like that, you should be carrying an EpiPen with you. So in case you right. get stung, you go in the anaphylactic shock, you know, uh, let those people know that you have that pen with you. If, you know, you have to have certain medications in case you have a condition or something like that and carrying that and letting people around, you know, and uh, in case you have some situation, you know, they can get that medication out for you and, and you and can get it on board. And turn probably, the probably the same sort of uh, notification if you're diabetic as well. Because yeah. I've actually been riding with people that uh, – that <laughs> I don't know exactly which direction they went, but they needed to eat sugar really bad because <laughs> they all of a sudden they weren't themselves anymore. And, and they didn't, I wasn't aware of it. Somebody else was aware on the one time it happened really bad. Somebody goes, Oh shoot, he's diabetic. <laughs> he needs to eat. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was absolutely, you know, like it was, it was like he knocked himself silly. And, and, but he was, he was fully functioning, but just something was way off. And then it was, he ate and 10 minutes later, he was back to normal and yeah. then apologizing. Cause he's like, yeah, I screwed up. And I'm like, whoa. So that's actually really good advice too. Knowing yeah. when, yeah, let people kind of be, let, make sure people are aware. And again, you know, make, if, if you're riding alone, even together, you know, with people, make sure some people know where you're at. You know, have a, have a gen at least a general idea of where you're at and um, what your kind of general plan is, just in case something does start going wrong. You know, you just never know. Two people could ride off a cliff. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. not paying attention. And the most most common stuff is real simple stuff: dehydration, you know, heat or cold exposure. Um, those are the ones that really kind of get people consistently. 
or and getting stung by a bee. <laughs> Those are the ones yeah. that, uh, for whatever reason, that'll just put people down right away, and then now you have a situation. Yeah, that's uh, that is pretty good. Um, yeah, the, the easy stuff to protect from. So, okay, any other any other questions in the chat, Matt? Uh, not a whole lot. Just some general discussion. Oh, uh, does any, uh, from SS on YouTube, does any of the companies make a decent pack that fits on the dirt bike fender? Um, I don't know of, of us. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different kinds of packs. It just really depends on, you know, what you're going to put in there and how beat up you want it to get. Cause it, it bounces, um, it, you know, the stuff on the bike bounces around quite a right. bit, way more than you. So and the, and the medical stuff is actually pretty light. And I mean, I just see how like, you know, when I have my, my vitamin I and my little, my little thing, and mm-hmm. usually it, like you see there, it was, it, the, the, <laughs> I probably threw the bag down or maybe I crashed on it and it cracked and then it just turned into powder <laughs> over the yeah, course, yeah. <laughs> over the course of time. And like I said, that bag's getting an upgrade that it's, it, it's, it's probably about time. I mean, it, like you saw Larry's nice, new shiny one mm-hmm. there and mine's, probably three years old and yeah, it needs a, it needs it's time for, cause the bottom is actually down at the bottom where all the tools have been rubbing is kind of starting to, uh, to wear out. But, uh, Mark Daniels also made another point. Yep. Uh, broken collarbone is one of the most common injuries. Having a triangle bandage or two uh, or a car- collarbone harness, uh, can help stabilize the fracture. Um, what's the, what's the take on the, is Larry going to pull something out there? Triangular bandage. Um, they're super light, easy, Yep. Carry. So you have a broken shoulder or a dislocated shoulder. Um, these are some of the easiest way to, to splint that up. And then it also relieves the amount of weight pulling on that. So it'll ease some of the pain that you have. That was what you're, was that what you were talking about earlier is like kind of this is the splint sort of thing. Yeah. Like, the, well, not- you can use a triangular, triangular bandage to splint, uh, help splint up uh, a shoulder or an arm injury. Um, and then you have the Sam splints. These are a light aluminum, uh, in the inside, they flex and that would be for more of a long bone break, like an arm or leg. And so as San Felipe, Bob says, um, uh, the manzanita sticks work really good and a toe strap. That's how we splinted, uh, Bob's leg that he accused me of breaking in the first place, which I actually, I was indirectly involved in the second breaking of it but not the first one i mean i just invited him on the trip and evidently that got me uh that got me uh, <laughs> in trouble in trouble for it so um any other ones uh everybody says not crashing is the best thing to do yeah <laughs> Good luck with that. yeah so yeah it's gonna happen um that's it's kind of just like it like it's better to be a little bit prepared than to be not prepared at all. And, um, for sure, Larry, thanks for, uh, kind of helping us out. I'm, I'm going to refer all my safety questions over to you now, uh, when we start getting asked, cause this will, this will open the doors when people start watching this on YouTube and listening to it on the podcast, people will start having some questions. They'll, a lot of times they'll have some scenarios or they'll, they'll tell a story about what they did. Kind of like when they start telling me what they did with their motorcycle. And when I have petroleum product related, questions i go to chris real and so you've you've now officially been indoctrinated into the uh 
you know, whether you like it or not, the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday family. And uh, so we'll, we'll start uh, pushing those questions off to you. Logan, do you have any, you have any questions for Larry? No. You don't. You're the one that crashes around here a lot. Well, I go big and not really many little ones. So you can't help yourself at that point. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, call 911. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and always think about how long you have to wait for that 911, especially out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not they're not the they're not the first ones on. Hey, I I Larry, I'd like to uh, share a glass of tequila with you. Do you do you have your tequila on on point there? Oh. Of course. Um, I, just, I got a whole I just, bottle right over here. <laughs> yeah, I got I got the really good stuff here. I got um, – uh, look at this. <laughs> it's uh, – here, Logan, why don't you make yourself useful and help help a brother out? I just did a full-on um, uh, health screening evaluation, and guess what came up on one of my – oh, oh, look, he's, he's way out doing us. Hey, I know I got a bottle of that stuff too. Where do you think That's I got that? Stuff. I don't know. I think you you got that one the, for us. I'm gonna switch so the check what? and see what he's got here. Yeah, he's he's got oh, the Sincoro. He's got a heavy hand. I taught him that. <laughs> highly recommend. It. It. Highly recommend. It. Yeah, we're we're here on the we're on the budget the budget basement, but this is good. <laughs> if if you're just looking for a little something something, this four freedoms, it's in a plastic bottle. It's almost like the uh, the the Kessler and stuff. <laughs> it's a it's kind of a surprise, but uh. Yeah, I did a I did a health uh, survey screening thing where they check all my stuff and guess guess what was on the avoid list? Agave, agave nectar. <laughs> mm. So you know, riding motorcycles is dangerous too. You should probably avoid those. So, anyways, uh, Larry, thanks a lot for coming on and showing us your kit and uh, evaluating ours. And uh, we will, I'm sure, we'll be in touch and say hi to Emily for me. We'll do. We'll, thanks for having me. See you out on the trail. All okay. Right. All right. Thanks for coming on, Larry. Thanks for coming on. Hey, we're gonna um, get right into questions. But oh, you didn't want you didn't want to wear the mask, did you? I didn't get the. You didn't get the shtick there. No. Yeah, I know. You didn't even know what the State of the Union was. Which mm-hmm. which? <laughs> that, I thought they covered that in in school. Like, I remember being told what the State of the Union address was. No. I haven't learned it. I also told them to never wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on. You can do it for your buddy, Jimmy. Don't do St- oh, stay. Yeah. yeah, that he should have got. Yeah, that, they stay that, on the show. Yeah, yeah that he should have got. Logan, listen to Jimmy. Oh, hold on. We turned the. I fixed it. Oh, okay. I turned it back on. I got it working again. I, I just got to adjust the volume now. Okay. Um, let's see what else we got. Any other stuff? Uh Great That's, podcast with uh, First Aid. I saw that a second ago. I don't remember. Where did it go? It disappeared. Wait. Uh, great podcast with First Aid. Oh, yeah. That's it's a, yeah. It's, it's us. Well, that's, it's. That's, that's, I think that's one of my favorite interviews we've done. Yeah. That was a really good one. Yeah. It's funny because you weren't doing your job. Kind of like at the start of the show when nothing yeah. else worked. Yeah. I was, I was kind of giving you a look. Hey, can I see some questions? And yeah. like you were just fascinated. But that's yeah. this is this is important stuff. I mean, we try to bring yeah, we try to make it fun, but we also try to 
you know, bring you some nuggets of knowledge Stuff, yeah. along the ways. I mean, you have to listen through all our technical difficulties. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Logan, thank Matt for the technical difficulties. Thanks, Matt. And, uh, and then, don't know and then this comes from. for, you know, getting wrapped up in the show so much, he wasn't actually doing the producing. So we'll call mm-hmm. him half a producer, right? So yeah. th- thanks, Matt. Yep. Thanks, Matt. There we thanks, go. Matt. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm sure I have the uh, I have faith that Logan can step in. It's just two buttons, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's, what, that's what but, we've heard. So, someone put a third button in front of me and I got really confused. That's what happened. Okay. Hey, back to the State of the Union address. Uh, State of Dirt Bike Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. We're, we're not at war. We are not at war with anybody. We're, we're, we're not fighting any of the other bald guys. We're not putting nope, any no, sanctions no, on. No, no sanctions on bald guys. Um, we're not okay, trying to so crush the bald guys. I replaced. I, I have just. A question. I replaced my ninety degree fuel thing with the straight one, just uh, out of hate. But it's not. It's not retaliation. Right. Yes. Okay. So so, coming back to the bald guy. So you don't you don't have the most amount of hair on your head, right? No, I'm bald. Right. Right. There's guys so, though. There's other dudes. We get they, some people confuse us because we're yeah, on the YouTubes. But but I, I hear the blow dryer go off when you go off, come out from the uh, from the shower. The Is blow like dryer. The, yeah, like a, like a hair dryer. No, when when I come out of the shower, you hear the clipper. No, I heard. I heard. I thought I heard a blow dry like a hair dryer. I thought Ooh. maybe it's like for your for your facial hair. I don't – I'm trying to think of what the blow dryer noise is. I thought I heard a blow dryer. Matt's watching me in the bathroom. This is getting really strange. <laughs> I, the, the, the office is right next to it. So. I know. It's like – it's literally right outside the front door. Yep. Because it is the front door and then you walk out the front door of the house and you're in the office. And then there's the office. This is the largest uh, office that any motorcycle um, publication has. Facility. Largest office facility. Not just – and not just – any, uh, any anywhere it, it's bigger it's bigger than the old dirt rider magazine and that was palatial well lit huge really yeah yeah it's it's uh huh. and i don't even have i don't even have a car museum on the pr- premises and it's still <laughs> bigger than some of the other ones well just, you have a dirt bike museum it's just it's uh, the kinda, normal vintage it's the it's the husaberg mahal <laughs> it's really it's really awesome you didn't even hit the bell ding cool. dong i think we actually had a, a General question okay. in the chat I want to get to because uh, there's not a whole lot of other just normal questions. Hey, uh, we're, we you're welcome for us rescuing you from the State of the Union, but I'll get back to it. Uh, John Bailey, what does he want to know? Um, howdy, guys. Sitting out on a 1,000-mile Baja ride Friday on my t- 2021 300XCW. Any suggestions for monkey butt? Well, my question is, I mean, you've read all the internet forms. How do you expect your 2021 300 XCW to run more than 30 miles without having something go wrong with it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have 118 hours on mine, and I've only put about like 20 of them on myself, and I'm still amazed that it just keeps running. And all I do is put gas and oil in it, and I clean the filter, and I change the transmission fluid, and it just – it just keeps on running despite all the guys that sees them like usually right when they get them home they just they take they send it down the street <laughs> so uh, okay um oh it's back to the question john sorry about that um monkey butt you know what's funny is i stand up quite a bit when i ride um even 
almost, yeah, I would say, man, most of the time when I ride, I stand up. But you could get a seat concept seat, but you'd have to wait um, a long time. Long time, yeah. Yeah, those are those are really good. Man, they're really good. I really like my my seat. Um, you notice how I talk better certain times about certain things, right? Yeah, so that's good. Um, but they they have some people use monkey butt powder. It's literally it's baby powder, but there's a some there's a brand called monkey butt powder, um, and they've had good luck with that. And I don't know if that's because you got a sweaty ass and that helps, or maybe you're, you have a dry ass and it's chafing. I don't know. I don't, I don't get this. I'm probably one of the worst guys to, to answer the monkey butt question, but standing up would probably, probably be, you know, wearing the right shorts. Down. I mean, standing up. Yeah. You won't get it standing up. You will not get it standing up. Yeah. I mean, I rode the damn Paris to Dakar when it was 21 days long and I didn't get monkey butt. I, I mean, I literally, and there was te- sections we wrote a lot on 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 paid. Well, they weren't really paved roads. Wrote, wrote a lot of a lot of transit sections and things like this, where you're just kind of sitting down and cruising when you weren't racing. Um, but uh, does yeah. I I I just haven't. I mean, I've I did like the tour of Idaho, and that was a lot of roads and sitting, and I didn't get it then. So it might. I was going to start saying maybe the shorts that you're wearing could b- play a big a big role. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've had. You can't control where you sweat out of. Well, I know you. you people sweat out yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't control so, where you sweat out of, and and I'm just wondering so if it's it's unique to each individual. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I was gonna. Oh, San Felipe Bobby says you can answer the monkey butt question. Well, then answer it. Monkey butt powder is great. He says that, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, fresh balls work better. Uh, Victor, thank you. Um, uh, R.J. Roger Hurd got his name right. It didn't. There we go. Got it right. Roger Hurd says lotion your crack. Okay, these these are these are things. Um, I was gonna say like like cotton kills. I've heard this before when they just talk about like shirts that you're wearing. You know when you're riding and different things. And I didn't realize how important like the undergarments that I wear were you know the 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 whether it's mm-hmm. it's um uh first layer like i wear the climb aggressor 1.0 a lot of time when it's cooler and even when it starts warming a little bit because it it does a little bit of wicking and then i've worn some ones that are actually cooling materials a company called virus made these 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 things that cooled you and they had some um shorts that that were like cooling. Uh, so maybe give something like that a try. I think they put zinc or something into the material or one of those, you know, one of those materials, it's a antimicrobial, microbial, something like that. And the, what's cool about those ones that I found is you can like just take them in the shower and rinse them out and they dry out really quick and then they're ready to go the next day. So on multi-day rides, I've had uh, good good luck with that. Actually, usually I just end up jumping in a river, clean myself out, ready to go. So, um, okay. So would like a sheepskin or like goat skin or the furry seat cover? Yeah. Yeah. Would that kind of help too? I don't, I don't know. I've seen guys, I, you know, some guys love those. They put, they have those little strap on pads that they put on like usually KLR 650. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing, but I I don't know how far that's going to go with your bros on your KTM 300 unless you can get it like bleached KTM orange. might. Might not be get it anodized. Anod, nah, anodized. Yeah. So, uh, Michael Pounds, what does he want to know? 
how can I minimize chain slot? Well, uh, properly adjusted chain would be my first uh, first thing. And then you have to have a non-worn out chain. And these are just things I'm just kind of coming out with the top of my head because a lot of times people think that the slap is up and down, but I've actually seen it where it's side to side and, and the slap is actually hitting the frame rail or your kickstand. You know, it's kind of it's kind of flopping around uh, doing something like that. Could it be too low of a gear? Uh, too low of a gear. Like, or too high of a gear, you mean? Uh, yeah. Too yeah. tall of a gear, we'll say. Too tall of a gear. So, um, so you, you were just like really letting the tuk 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 tuk. Michael, I'd like to actually. It, I'm gonna I'm guess. Gonna I'm gonna go guess go he's go. riding. I'm gonna guess he's riding a big four stroke. Yeah. A bigger four stroke is my guess, and he's riding in a taller gear, and so yeah, um, maybe uh, noticing that you should. Uh, Downshift. Downshift, yeah, might might help that out a little bit. But make sure your chain is all in good shape. And then also there's some chain pads, different brands of chain pads are noisier. And I will tell you that like on the KTM EXCs and stuff, they're a little bit softer because they make less noise. It, they, they actually had to make them softer because that chain slap was causing problems in sound tests. So um, that's the uh, – that's the thing. Uh, Curly Stoker, I like to say Curly, says baby wipes morning, midday, and at night. Baby wipes. That's how you minimize the the MB. There we <laughs> go. Monkey butt. Okay. Do we want to go to commercial break? Is it that time? Yeah. It is eight. Okay. We'll go to commercial break and we'll come back with the uh, questions on the sheet. And then we'll do Rooster Endo. And uh, – We'll go from there. So enjoy some commercial. Oh, by the way, bad news. Bad news is that the Adelano Jam uh, Grand Prix got canceled. So uh, we don't have that commercial anymore, do we? I like pulled it. It, it got pulled. pulled it yeah, so we don't have that commercial anymore. Um, there was just some technological, not technology. Um, uh, just uh, there was some uh, issues. The gears, the gears didn't mesh right and stuff, and so I guess they ended up having to pull the plug on that. So I'm sorry about that. We were kind of excited to see that. I we know saw, oh, sorry. the adult mini bike racers were uh, getting all riled up. What were you saying, Matt? We should still have Ty Davis back on, though. Oh yeah, we need to get Ty. Ty has probably as many tech tips and stories as I do. Yeah, and and it's funny as our universes collided a very few times at very short periods and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's out doing the same thing as me on dirt bikes, like at different levels, at higher levels and mm -hmm. racing. And some of the accomplishments he had in racing are extremely, extremely high. And it'd be interesting for him to tell some of those stories. And he has a good line of products too. So he can come right. on and, and uh, racing. pimp those. I just put a filter, fuel filter on uh, my KTM 950 or 9, uh, no, 1090. So many bikes, so many bikes. Okay, well, there we go. commercial break. See you in a few minutes. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor 
on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Oh, and we're back, and Logan's late again. I don't know what he was doing over there. He went to sit on a couch. Was the couch nice? You should close that door because that there's a lot of cold air coming in out yeah. of there. Yeah, I had it open because we were. I made some furniture over the weekend. I did. I got. I got back into my beatnik furniture building. That's the cabinet looks fucking good. Oh, you did you see the thing? Go, look at the stereo thing that I built. Go walk in that door and look at the stereo thing uh, right next to the TV. I made that this weekend. So I'm, uh, I could retire. I've, I've been told I could retire and start making furniture full time up in the mountains. Off the grid. Oh. This is what everybody wanted to know on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where we talk about motorcycles and motorcycle-related products. I'm Jimmy Lewis. I'm the president. Logan Tyler is the vice president. We will continue with the State of the Union uh, as necessary. And then Matt's going to have the rebuttal whenever he wants to um, after we turn off the play button. It's just me, me plugging my beginner class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Mattoon's Jimmy Lewis off-road training beginner classes. He's going to actually start having group sessions. Yep. And uh, that way, if you know somebody that needs to learn how to ride and you want to teach them how to ride the, the, the right way, and especially if you're connected to that person, a family member, family member, boyfriend, girlfriend, something like that, send them to Matt, preserve your relationship and let Matt teach them uh, how to ride. You can, uh, Email Matt at JimmyLewisOffRoad.com to find out all about that and uh, listen to the Better Rider podcast. It's another one we do where I don't talk as much about myself. So, Logan, let's get into the questions. Oh, do you want to start it off? You want me to do that first one? Yes. This is a long one. Todd Harmon says, hello, Jimmy and Logan. Thanks for taking the time and investing energy to put Tech Talk Taco and Tequila Tuesday together. Thank God I had a little bit of tequila tonight because it wouldn't be the same without it. I hope you can help with a cooling system mystery. My 2013 KTM 450 XCW with 525 hours on it, 15,000 miles, a stock engine and cooling system, is using leaking a disturbing amount of coolant. So this is really good. I'm I'm getting this question now. He told me the year make model and the time on it and like all this stuff. He just basically laid it out, which is really good. Then he gets good and detailed. It's using 50 to 100 milliliters of coolant every 150 to 200 miles of non-gnarly dirt roads. Some of the uses is due to overfilling the radiator and the level dropping below the top of the fins. This is a good point that he brings up. So if you fill your KTM radiator all the way up to the top and you ride it, 
the the expansion, the heated expansion, since on most KTMs there's not a coolant recovery tank, when it heats up and expands, it's gonna the pressure is gonna push a little bit out. So generally, I always say it's like the top of the fins. You know, when you look in there, and you know this from looking in yours, you mm-hmm. know how it's never totally full. Yeah. But you know, when the bike's level, by the way, when it's yeah. on the kickstand, it can be different if you have a kickstand. But it usually sits just above the top of those little fins. And and that's plenty. And when you start it up, then you watch it start flowing across and and it, you know, kind of half fills up that cavity. So, anyways, so which is normal. So he says there are no obvious external leaks and the bike has never overheated. Never ever overheated. You gotta ride the shit out of that thing, buddy. <laughs> Overheated a couple times. Um, in May, I started observing oil in the coolant. This is a problem. Okay. White smoke on cold starts and coolant usage. So he replaced the water pump seal, cleaned the water pump shaft, inspected the cylinder, cylinder head, and cylinder mating surfaces for warpage. Here we go crazy. With a starlet flat bar, and it passed. Here we go crazy. I used high-end machinist-grade tools and spent several evenings at the kitchen table measuring and remeasuring all of the dimensions outlined in the engine manual. All dimensions were within spec, and there was no obvious issues with the prime suspects, the old gaskets. I replaced the fan thermal switch, piston ring, cylinder head gasket, base gasket, and valve guide seals. It no longer smokes, and the coolant is clean, but it's still using leaking coolant. I've also tried a different radiator cap. My next step is to have the oil analyzed, install a coolant recovery tank, and if possible, perform a cooling system pressure test. So Todd's like right on the, he's, he's right on the money, if not overkill. Kind of seems like an engineer to me. Kind of a little bit, a little bit, little machinist bit, tools. Yeah. yeah, machinist tool, engineer. I mean, all good, but sometimes you have to come back, back then, down to Jimmy world. We have to Jimmy rig something. So, so I promise you, if, if oil was going into, if you're, (coughs) excuse me, not COVID, um, that's gone, you know, by the way, we're, we're, we're at war. Yeah. I mean, so COVID, COVID's done and, and yeah, so it it never affected me that I know of, uh, I just ride dirt bikes. So where we're at with this is. When it was putting coolant into the oil, it was obviously the seal at the impeller. And so he cleaned the water pump shaft, and I suspect he replaced the water pump seal. There should be two seals in there, to my knowledge. It's not a single. Wait a minute. I'm thinking RFS now. Holy. So to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever... Have I, on any of my 500s or 350s, have I had to replace that? Is it a single seal? Maybe somebody in the forums can help me out. On the on the current, on the newer engines, is it a single seal or is it still a double seal? Because on the old, on the old RFSs, when it was up on the cam, that your cam was your, was your coolant shaft. There, there's two seals, and I remember um, helping a guy with a question the other day. That was that was he replaced everything, and it continued to leak, and he didn't know why. And he, everybody said every symptom in the world. Hence, one of my rants for like 
Let's get it together, guys. The easiest way to screw that up is to put the seal in backwards because the seals are kind of set up a certain way where they can resist pressure in one direction. So they have the seals back to back so that the, that the pressure actually pushes down on the seal. And, you know, they have the spring and everything like that. But if you put it a, a certain way, the pressure can blow past the seal easier in my experience. So, so he replaced the water pump seal and cleaned the water pump shaft. And so it sounds like you're not putting that coolant into the oil any longer, you know, because the oil is not coming up white, but you're still missing the coolant. So here's, here's my options. There is the odd chance that it's leaking past the gasket and going to the cylinder, but I would start looking at stuff that's a little, a little more obvious. Number one is, like you said, you replace the, the, the radiator cap. Is there any chance that there could be some imperfections or some grime or something around the seal where that radiator cap is going on that's allowing a little bit of it to, to go out? And I mean, if everything's good, you're probably, and you can, you can pressure check the water system, the cooling system too, before I would tear anything apart. I would, if, if I were there, I would pressure check the coolant system to make sure that it's holding pressure. And then also you can do a leak down test, which isn't going to be that conclusive um, on the on the motor. But you can check this stuff without having to go into it. But I even look a little bit closer. Like, is there a chance that there's some sort of a leak at one of the hose clamps on your hoses uh, where it's it's not super noticeable? It could be just, you know, kind of getting out there and evaporating before it runs. Because at 200 miles, we're talking that's probably... 10 hours of riding. And if you're only losing 50 milliliters in 200 hours, I'm going kind of on the deep ends of your, your equations there. Even if it's a hundred milliliters, I could evaporate off a hundred milliliters of, of coolant in 10 hours, pretty easy. And you mm -hmm. wouldn't actually be able to detect it. So it could be something as simple as just one of the hose clamps being a little wonky. Um, there could be a tiny pinhole in the hose. I've seen hoses fracture on the inside and then have coolant kind of run down the strings that are that are that are um, you know holding the the reinforcement for the hose. I've actually seen seen it go in there, and then it it it'll it'll actually created a drip on the one that I saw because I couldn't figure out where it was going. But it was a, the coolant the something that caused the hardening of the inside, probably excessive overheating, and uh, you know causes it to happen. So. I, I think I would look at the, the more simple stuff. I don't think it's I don't think you're going to find it being anything um, uh, that big. And, and the and the the those KTM's of that era are not uh, this is this isn't a normal problem, but it is common for them to boil off a certain amount. You know, if if it's if it's only I would I would actually let it get a little bit lower, you know, go ahead and run it 400 hours and see if you have to add 200 milliliters. Cause by, by and large, there's still plenty of coolant in your bike to keep it cool. And then you can see if it's a consistent thing or it's just somehow it's just blowing off that extra amount. And then, you know, maybe, maybe he's holding it, running it hard on those easy roads. I don't know how it works. So Hey, uh, Todd, hopefully that uh, answers your question. Uh, sorry you had to wait through all the uh, the other stuff, you know, learning about safety. Because if your bike ever lets you down because I gave you bad advice on coolant, it just locks up out in the middle of nowhere, you're going to want to have that safety blanket. 
So there we go. Um, you, you handle Sean Elliott. I'm going to get to Robert Miller right now. What tips do you have for riders getting muscle fatigue and soreness after COVID period of non-riding? Kegs of Volterin? <laughs> What's that? You know, I'm unfamiliar with Volterin. Well, you better search it up because I don't know what it is. Is it is that some sort of you Vitamin? start start exercising your brain? Read that. Volterin. We want to have the we want to have that like professionally read. Volterin, yeah, is it some kind of a uh, arthritis pain medication? Arthritis pain medication. Um, uh, I I never stopped riding during COVID. In fact, I probably started riding a little bit more. <laughs> so, I think he's like talking to like after ha- like catching COVID. Oh, that's what he's talking about. Well, then you can answer that. Yeah. I haven't had it. Yeah. So essentially I just kind of made sure I was really emphasizing on riding balanced and, you know, being comfortable and everything, not really pushing it kind of like, you know, when I'm getting back into running, I'm just kind of doing little, little stuff first then working my way back up. Are you, are you noticing a huge decrease in performance? At first, yeah. At first, at first, yeah. I'm. I can finally say I'm starting to get back up to my pace and everything. Like with running, uh, I'm kind of riding the same amount, so <laughs> I don't really ride as much as I would like to. But with with running, it was just kind of easy so, back into it. Voltron is inflammatory tablets. Thank you. Uh, I, I prefer vitamin I. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's called. Uh, it's cheap. That's a good one. Yeah, the vitamin I. That's the you know. It's all, they have A B C D. I have I, and it 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 works so good for me. I don't use it that often because I really like the kick it gives me when I haven't had it for a little while. But uh, and evidently, it's hard on the thing. Um, Jimmy Lewis and Jimmy Tyler 2024. Wow, he skipped. He didn't. He didn't. Not Logan. Ah, Jimmy yeah. Tyler. Yeah, you're a hero already. Is that your yeah, fake I'm account? Country. Is that your fake account? <laughs> State of the dirt bike address. No, but we're the country. Uh, Logan can be the speaker of the house. Logan, you want to put the mask on now? <laughs> you should do what I say, and then I'll take you with me. Otherwise, I'm taking your dad, and he's old. I don't want an old guy. I need a young, hot. I don't get the the mask thing. Don't you ever watch like the president speaking? No. I don't either, but I see enough of it passing on news and they're always like, he's always got his right hand woman sitting there or I should call her a left hand woman. I don't know. Um, with a, with a mask on and they, they, they're, they, they're standing six feet apart. Anyway, I don't know. I don't get it. You can I, only old people TV. Which old, is not old, pe- old people TV. Oh, yeah. You don't watch old stream. people TV? No. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on TikTok yet? Yeah. Oh, you are. Yeah. What's your thing on TikTok? I don't know. You got to set me up. No, he's he sent me a TikTok before. Yeah. You yeah. guys are both on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't we on TikTok? I, oh. I I said Matt. Is dirt bike test on TikTok yet? No, but Jimmy Lewis Off Road is going to be on TikTok. Okay, well then get damn Trevor working on that. Trevor, what yeah. are you doing? Just riding your mountain bike, trying to stay fit and stuff. You should be answering Robert Miller's questions. Uh, okay, so back to the muscle fatigue and soreness after. Okay, Robert, was your COVID? Was your COVID is was a COVID period like you had COVID, or was your COVID period like you just like isolated like a good person and didn't come out of the Let me be sheep farm? I'm pretty sure Let me it's be Bob's windmill. Oh. The media is in your head. Get over it. Yeah, I so tiktok is out. I don't care about TikTok being Chinese cover. I want to help you, Robert. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, tell me 
what I, cause I have, if, if, if it was because you haven't ridden for a long time, yeah. I have, I have, I have a thing that you can do. Go, go riding more cool. and enjoy the pain. Enjoy the, the like, I, I found this on a skimboard when I was a kid and it's the motto I live my life by. Enjoy pain while living for death provides no such pleasure. Okay. I don't want that written on my, on my tombstone because I'll be dead at that point. But if, if, if people can realize that like there's, there's pleasure in pain. I mean, you, 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 if you work hard and it's painful to work hard, you probably produce something in that hard work. That's going to elevate you. It's going to make you a better person. And if it, if it's like, damn, this riding hurts and makes me sore. That's a lot better than a flaky ride where you didn't really do anything. You didn't, you know, don't, don't produce pain on purpose. Like don't crash, but go, go ride, go ride and, and push yourself. And then the next day of soreness, think back about it. Like you're sitting there go, Oh man, my shoulders ache or my, you know, my back's a little bit sore. Go, but I sure had fun making it happen. And then, it, and then, and then it does a little thing. Oh, he's in Australia. Oh, yeah, they had some pretty severe lockdown rules over there. Yeah, we couldn't drive more from three miles from our home. We had a for cur- curfews. Yes, this was Australia. Oh, the different world there. See, don't listen I, to your government. Yeah, don't listen to your government. <laughs> I know for a second. I do yeah, it every day. we. I, hey, when they I first. Hey, day. when they first locked us. When they list, when they first locked us down here. In the in the U.S., it was like literally stay home lockdown. I, I took off, I took off and rode my dirt bike out because like how they you know what are they going to do like you're gonna 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 catch me I would mean, no and, and I'm like and and there was nobody out there there was anyways so yeah <laughs> hey yeah Robert man I feel for you it's and 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 it's I, I'm lucky I live in a place where we can ride our dirt bikes down the street and get out to the desert very quickly and and do our thing so uh, man I feel for you I. I hope that um, I hope that they, they come to their senses because now we're starting to maybe sort of think. I think I you know what I heard Logan. I heard outdoor activities are okay. You're safe. You're not going to get. <laughs> I heard that that there's there's a very very low chance that you'll conduct COVID while you're out riding your dirt bike. You might yeah. crash and have your lung collapsed, but you will not get COVID. So. Hey, um, Robert. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, being a good fan of the show. And, um, yeah, just uh, ride a little bit more. I don't know if there's a, I, I wouldn't look for a pill <laughs> to try to fix yeah. it. I would maybe do some more push ups, sit ups and pull ups and running and running, running helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Not on a treadmill though. Run outside, get chased oh, by yeah. dogs, all that cool stuff. Almost run into a rattlesnake. Hey, uh, my buddy, uh, Jerry B is down there in Australia and he's from fuck you racing and, uh, he should hook you up with a, with some, you, you should, you should figure him out. You should find out where to locate him. JB black on the Facebooks is a thing or fuck you racing, uh, on the Facebooks, check them out. He was locked down and he actually was going crazy. So he made a really cool series of videos about him and his, uh, his buddy on lockdown. And I think he oh, kind of searched. Merlin knows Jerry. He knows it. He's 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Jerry will help you. <laughs> so awesome guy. And don't let him paint your helmet. Cause it'll end up on a shelf like that. Awesome one up there. Let me, uh, 
because I because I crashed and hit my head on it. Point to so. it again. The the chat box was covering the helmets. Okay, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all that one ones. up there. Yeah, the Arai yeah. was a, a Jerry B design. Super awesome. Logan, next question. Sean Elliott, twenty seventeen CRF four fifty X. During pre ride inspection, there was a quarter of an inch gap between number three chain adjusting bolt to number five axle plate on the right side. I loosened the axle nut, pushed it back, and torqued it to 90-ish foot-pounds of torque. If the gap occurs again, should I increase the torque on the axle nut? Sorry another meeting prevents me from listening live, but I will listen to the podcast tomorrow. I wonder if the Hoosberg 570 ever did this. Okay, so was there a picture included with this? Because he's talking about number one, number three, and number five. Is he use, is he referring to the the manual things? Or? Oh, he sent a picture of the manual. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah. yeah. So okay, I got to look at these things. Let number, me download it, and I can put it up with the chat. Don't down. Just so number three is the is the okay. So basically, his 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 axle was not aligned, and. It maybe it moved or something like this. So here's here's the first thing. So when you put that wheel on last, did you do something to force the the axle blocks up against the the chain adjusters? You, you've seen me do this. Mm-hmm. When I whenever I put a wheel on, I snug the axle. Not not snug. I would I would very lightly tighten. I don't want to call it snug. I take usually a box end wrench. I set it on a sprocket tooth and I roll the wheel backwards. And this puts tension on the chain and pulls everything tight and forward. Logan, you're, you're yawning. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it all show. Logan, are you falling asleep while I'm giving an awesome explanation to the question? Well, Bob isn't here, so someone has to take his job. Okay. That- <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, best answer of the night. That's good, Logan. Okay, so so anyways, you use this method. This is why this show is just so shitty. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that you're going to have to listen to this on a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. So anyways... So, so what you're doing at this point is you're putting tension on the chain, which pulls the, the axle blocks, pulls the axle, pulls the wheel up against those chain adjusters and tightens it. And at that point, then you snug the axle snug. And then I loosen it up and I check to make sure everything's good. I usually give it a visual on both sides. Then I tighten the axle up. So I'm suspecting that maybe you didn't do that. Or maybe if you did, somehow the axle wasn't snug enough to where you, when you took the tension off the chain, it it slid back and I don't totally tighten it while that, that um, while the wrench is still in the sprocket. I don't know why, but I just don't do it. Then I, I, I snug it. So it's not going to move, but I check it. Then I tighten. So, and then, and then once I'm done tightening, what's the next thing I do, Logan, what is the next, what's the very first thing I do after I change a wheel? Brakes reach up. Good reach up and tap the rear brake because you know when you did that caliper when you put those pads in the caliper might have expanded it and you don't want to take take off and ride someplace and the first two stabs of the rear brake are pumping it back up pump it back up anyways 
That's the advice of the show. It's the safety advice of the show besides all go. the safety we did in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So if you're just cutting into this show now, you should have listened to the first hour because we had awesome real safety advice, how to you know stop yourself from bleeding to death on the trail. So, okay. So that's, that's my thing. Um, no, don't increase the torque. If you're properly torquing the axle nut, and have you ever seen me use a torque wrench on those? Mm. No, it's just a... Yeah. Because I took a torque wrench and went click, click, and then I, and I adjusted my in-arm torque wrench. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, so you, if it's tight enough, it's, it's not going to slip. It's, it's not going to be right. But the other thing that's super vitally important is that your, your index marks on your swing arm and your axle blocks and all that stuff is square. They do make a tool for this, but you can actually, it's a, it's a tool with these, these cones on it. And it's a, it's a straight stick with squares on it. And you put it in the axle and you put it in the swing arm and you take it over the other side. You put it in the axle and you put it in the swing arm. Hmm. And it makes sure that you're all square. And then you can check with this tool. You can actually check to make sure that your, your basically swing arm pivot is square with your marks on your swing arm. Because I've seen bikes where they're off by, you know, maybe like if, it, if it's four on one, it's four and a half on the other side. Mm-hmm. I've seen this before. And uh, I don't want to say what brand or anything like that because there's actually a couple different bikes I've noticed this on. And it was because I saw weird sprocket wear because especially with aluminum sprocket, if you're just a little bit off, you're going to get interesting sprocket wear and it's going to bring your sprocket teeth to more of a point, by the way. So anyhow. Hopefully that uh, answers your question, Sean. Enjoy us on the podcast and uh, try not to uh, throw up when you hear our (laughs) explanation. (laughs) Next question. Dave Black. Having just replaced the expensive OEM pipe on my 2021 KTM 300 XC TPI, I'm considering the P3 carbon fiber pipe guard. Should I have concerns about heat displacement? Um, I wouldn't worry about heat displacement, uh, David. Uh, and he, here's the, the funny thing with the the pipe guards. There, I'm I'm I don't have them. I've had them on bikes, and I don't have them on any of my current bikes. And it's it's sort of this double edged sword. If you're worried about like the kind of like the rock dings, the small things kind of flying up and putting dings in your pipe, or or I would say small to medium hits, pipe guard is great. It deflects them. It it does stuff. Um, and by the way, when you put that guard on, whether it's a P3 or E-Line, they all make good guards. Um, you'll love the smell <laughs> for the first three rides when that thing heats up and that resin starts burning on the inside. But it, does, it, it doesn't really affect the heat. There's not, you're not going to have any heat-related problems. The issue with those is sometimes when you take a very aggressive hit to the pipe guard, it seriously damages the pipe in other ways, or I've actually seen it on some two strokes, actually push the pipe and break the cylinder. So it's one of those things. Is the guard more important than the, than the pipe is the pipe, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, you know, two stroke pipes stick out and they're going to take dents in them. And you may or may not um, see a benefit from that. So I, like I said, I've had them on some bikes. I was running on my KTM 200 for a while. I took them off. Actually, believe it or not, I wore one out from hitting it so much. Then I just took it off and I, you know, 
it's just a it's it's a wear item. A pipe is a wear item on the on the bike, and I wouldn't worry one bit about the heat at all. So, next question, John Jackson. John Jackson, going back to carbs. What are your feelings on metering rod carbs versus jet carbs? Advantages, disadvantages. So, uh, John, I actually do not have enough experience to be like a so-called expert on this, uh, but I just point blank hate carburetors right now except if you want to buy my uh one of my rfs bikes they are excellent bikes with carburetors and uh uh, back to the question my experience in the limit limited time i've actually played with the metering rods is that they're they're way easier to adjust but it's a lot more complicated to get the exact right metering rod and I don't know if I haven't played with the, the newer versions enough. And I don't know, you know, it's probably just, it, I bet you it's very similar to the, to the ECUs that are out there where people just plug an ECU on there and it's like, great, it has more power. And it loses some rideability where I am so picky and I'm picky like probably like a lot of the guys that do the development riding for the manufacturers that there has to be a certain amount of rideability to you. You can't have a stumble any place in the power, you know, at least when it's stock and the, you're running pump gas and, you know, you're at the right elevation, you know, stock, stock, we'll call it. Like when you put a lot of these, these metering rod things on there, you can make a click and it'll kind of adjust for elevation, but then you don't have the opportunity to adjust certain other things in there. Like you don't have a, it, it's, you have to have a very special metering rod to, to adjust for, you know, pilot jet, what we're commonly called pilot jet, needle jet, um, whether it's pump squirt or if it's slide or all these other things, there's a lot of stuff in there. And that's why carburetors are so complex. And that's why it's amazing that they get them so, so good. So hopefully um, that uh, answers the question, but, uh, just go fuel and I like fuel injection. Anybody in here not like fuel injection? Guys on the internet tell me I'm not supposed no. to like it for two strokes. Not supposed to like it for two strokes? Yeah, that's what they tell me. Right. Well, you're still riding a carbureted Husaberg, <laughs> so you should just like go yeah. stick your head in the sand. Yeah, I wrote it the other day. It was fantastic. What does Eric Wyden want to know up there? What suspension setup procedure do you use when testing? Front first or rear first? Do you start with compression first or rebound? Or do you switch back and forth between compression and rebound? Man, Eric, that's an excellent question. That's a, what is VOM red? Oh, that's a different question. <laughs> um, so when, when, when I'm testing, so generally speaking, we're going to just, let's say we're starting with stock bike, stock springs, everything. Hopefully you're within the right range for the bike, weight range for the bike. So if I hop on a 125, I automatically know that I'm, you know, at 200 pounds, I'm not the right guy for this. But if I hop on a 450, I'm okay. Even though like they say 180 is the top of the scale. I know that I can adjust spring preload. So very first thing I do is make sure the sag is where the manufacturer recommends it. So that's rear shock spring, adjusting the shock spring to get the sag at the right height. Most, from what I can tell, most manufacturers want you to set the sag when the shock is not hot. So it's 
it's kind of cold sag, kind of like tire pressure is kind of generally a cold PSI because when things heat up, stuff changes. So you set the sag, you set the ride height at their level. That's the very first thing you do. And we'll call that the baseline. And then I ride it. And, and then I decide how I'm feeling this bike works. And usually at that point, you're talking about the balance of the motorcycle. Do I want it? You know, do I want less weight on the front or more weight on the front? And then how am I going to go about adjusting for this? And if they, and that's that's balance, which is kind of different than when we start talking about compression or rebound. There's there's balance and then there's suspension performance. So if I'm riding this bike and it's set up, like I said, to manufacture spec and I'm riding it and I'm I'm okay with balance, then I'll start thinking about compression and rebound you know like what what are the, what is the fork doing what is the shock doing and i kind of i'm more of a of a of a shock first person like i'm really concerned because i i don't know if, logan i don't know if you're familiar with them um, you know the bikes that i ride but i ride a husaberg mm-hmm. 570 and the cool thing about the husaberg is that the front wheel is rarely ever on the ground so at that point, like, why even think about forks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is why I go rear first. I'm a rear guy. So so if I'm thinking, of, if the balance is okay, then I start thinking about the, uh, the, the rear of the bike and how it's working. And I'll start playing around with that first if, if, I get, if I'm going to play with it at all. Because in reality, most times I hawk, hop on stock bikes. And they're really, really good. I don't have a I don't have a problem with them because I haven't read the internet. Generally, I'm one of the first people, and not anymore because I hardly go to these intros anymore because I'm getting old and we're not cool enough. We don't have enough Instagram followers to get to these intros, or we're not on Snapchat. Do we need to be on Chitter Chat or TikToks? What do we need to be on? Uh, Instagram, really? Instagram. Yeah. We yeah. need to be Insta. Insta. So we're not, we don't have enough Instas to go to these intros. So um, Trevor's needs to work on that a little bit better. So the bikes are actually pretty good. And it, 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 so usually the, the rears, most of the time, the rear of the bikes is really good. And then, and then I can hyper-focus on the front because I like a bike that steers. So I I have a lot of front end feel, but I'm not going to mess around with the front until I make sure that the rear is doing what it, what I want it to. And the rear is easy because generally when you're really talking about rear performance, you're kind of going in a straight line. Mm-hmm. You know, you're jumping off jumps, you're landing off jumps, you're hitting bumps, which you kind of want to do in a straight line. But then when you start talking about going into turns, then you need to start thinking about more about how's my front feel? Because then, you know, you're decelerating, you're on the brakes, and then you're following the front end around a turn. So I can take care of the rear and not worry about the turns and stuff like that. And then I can start, you know, the rear, okay, now I got the rear good. And now I'll start focusing on the front. So that's the, that's the thing. But if I start struggling or if there's an issue with balance, there's a lot of stuff you can do by sliding the forks up and down in the tubes. And then you've got to also think about as well as a spring preload, the compression and the rebound can also adjust the balance of the motorcycle. So if you find that you're coming into turns and the rear end feels high, maybe sometimes reducing the compression or the rebound by a couple of clicks can drop that ride height down a little bit. And then there's there's the same thing with the forks. You know, you come in and your rear end feels high. Well, maybe opening the rebound up in the fork can 
lift the front end up a little bit. It can it can cause that front end to rebound quicker and hold it up a little bit higher. And it kind of depends at that point on on the feel that you're having. You know, the when when you're riding in, it's like, well, would I like the rear end to be a little looser? Would I like the front end to be a little you know, stiffer or, you know, and then it can be compression as well as rebound, stiffening it up, you know, can kind of hold it up. So, uh, there's so much, there's, there's a lot to it. And then like I use the high speed rebound, for instance, on the shock as in motion, um, sag. So if, if I notice that the, my bike's riding a little bit low in the stroke on the track, before I actually go to change, add spring preload to it, I might just add a quarter turn of high speed compression. And that literally kind of picks it up. So there's a lot of stuff and that's why those knobs are adjustable. You can play with them and you can try that stuff out. So hopefully um, that uh, that'll help it, but I would start with ride height, then figure out what's more important. I think the rear shock is a little bit easier to get and then, and then start playing around with the forks, but balance is critical have your bike balanced before you start trying to get into the suspension and realize that any suspension adjustment you do could affect the balance a little bit so and if you don't know what the suspension adjustments feel like it find a place where you can go and actually test big changes try five clicks of compression on one thing five clicks of rebound on the other do one thing at a time and see if you can feel it so that should um that should help everything out okay What's next? Um, back here. Hey, George just checked in late. He wants to catch up later when it's uploaded to the nets. He missed our State of the Union. State, yeah. of, State of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Yeah. He would be really impressed with my uh, pontification. Let's, uh, let's do one more from the sheet and let's get to Rooster Endo. Okay. Oh, that thing? Yeah. People want to get on that again? I think they do. Okay, Logan, get with it. Bill Hall. What it... It's my understanding that the master has ridden Mexico to Canada some time back. Maybe Jimmy can tell the I'm audience. the president. You should have just you should have just in you should just in flow. You should have just called me the president. So start again. <laughs> it's my understanding that the president has ridden Mexico to Canada some time back. Maybe president can tell the audience how riding has differ for the tour of idaho compared to those old days so mexico it, his question is mexico to canada versus tour of idaho well back to the state of the union um mexico um uh we aren't at war with mexico and canada we're not letting those canadians in are we are we letting them back in yet yes oh they're back in yeah yeah okay so if you're going to ride from one place to another, it's, um, it's important that uh, you ride your dirt bike so you don't get caught in case there's COVID and they're, you know, you don't want to catch COVID on the roads, right? <laughs> uh, um, uh, George rode Mexico to Canada, but it was on I-5 on a Harley. <laughs> so... Uh, Mexico to Canada is it's more dual sporty than Tour of Idaho. There wasn't the um, the difficult single track 
You should just clock me in the head with that thing one time, knock me out, and then take over the show. Wouldn't it be awesome? I bet it gets silent real quick. It gets silent real quick, yeah. I thought the people liked it when uh, Logan and I were, were hosting in the studio. They were just saying that because you know you could turn the show off at any time. Oh, this, uh, this also yeah, might they, be a factor. They, they wanted more. Um, so I think... They're, they're both they both have their their things it's like anything it's like somebody say is a dakar more difficult than their you know more tough than the baja 1000 and is gncc racing more hard than hare and hounds and all it's it's there's one thing or another and uh i think the uh i don't know i think they're both kind of in the same same realm uh mexico to canada was a little bit easier i know now they kind of split the tour up when you go do the tour they split it up over uh, it's kind of two trips. I don't think they do it. We we were stupid, just like Tour of Idaho. I was stupid. I I cut a day out. I tried to do Mexico to Canada. I doubled up some days, and it was mostly because I had to get back to what was evidently my real job. And my boss didn't want me out riding motorcycles for twelve days, and like while the rest of the staff was working. Not that I wasn't working and testing motorcycles and doing something super cool, but you know how it is. Right, Logan? You're living the life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Free motorcycles in the garage. Hardly have to go to school at all. Just out roaming. The school, I have to go to a lot, but... Really? Doesn't seem like it. No. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. So, hey, uh, if you want to experience pure performance and accelerating power with the full line of YZ two-stroke bikes, then get a Yamaha. Go to yamahamotorsports.com today to explore what's new for 2022. And I tell you what, their website is actually pretty cool. You can learn about those bikes. They have some kind of cool videos there. And the best thing is the revised YZ125. It's a perfect step-up machine or a perfect machine for an old guy like me that likes ripping around on one of the most fun motorcycles known to man. All new engine. Revised six-speed transmission, new brakes, suspension settings, improved rider ergonomics with the new aggressive styling. That means it looks cool. So they have a YZ250, a YZ65, a YZ85, a YZ85LW with tests on dirtbiketest.com. Test actually riding impressions on dirtbiketest.com right now. Visit yamahamotorsports.com to find your Yamaha YZ so you can enter the victory zone. Matt, I have a question for you. Yes. Why did you not enter the victory zone this weekend? Because I did not ride the YZ125. Right. But why didn't you ride the YZ125? What was more compelling than that YZ125 in the garage? Did it start with a P? P? Yeah. And with a Y? <laughs> kind of like my cat? <laughs> okay. Oh god. <laughs> quick, yeah. So uh hey, yeah. Hey, how long that took me to get. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, Robert Miller says, speaking of old day, Jimmy, in about 1984, uh, you rode an XR80, XR100 in the Baja 1000. Can you remember what was it like? Yes, that was one of the most fun times I've ever had on a motorcycle with some of my buddies. Um that was uh 1980 90 is it it wasn't 80 it was 90 it was 96 or 98 one of those two years i think it was 98 because no maybe it was 96 i don't remember it was my tryout for the factory team you know i i i proved to honda that i could 
almost win the 250 class on an XR80, so they moved me up to the uh, factory XR600 because Johnny Campbell needed a partner. I mean, he's really digging deep to ask me to ride with him, but I had some credibility. Okay, we're going to go to Rooster Endo. Uh, this is the segment where what do we do, Logan? Um. Um? We um. Don't say so that. So this is the um, say, um. This is the um segment again. We're going to get back into this. Uh, um, what are we going to um about? What's Rooster Endo? Tell everybody what it is. We rate your bike and see if it Rooster Endos. We, you send in some parts and like part sheet. You tell us what kind of bike it is. That's yeah. very important. We need to know the year, make, and model. And then you list off your the modifications, models. right? And then, and then we sit here and uh, pontificate over it, and we decide whether you've spent enough money. And if you are our favorite bike of the evening, you win a $100 gift certificate from Takomoto. That's takomoto.co. It's a place where you can get all the parts you need for pretty much whatever you want, but they really specialize in making your KTM Husky gas gas bikes perform better. So thanks to Taco Mike. We got to get him on the show one of these times. We do. We do. I actually supposed to call him, but I keep forgetting because I'm uh, petting, I'm petting well. my I'm petting my cat. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm really concerned about the P and it ends with the Y yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sebastian Bumas Buma. Oh good. Bust We're back to the name. Bustamonte. Bustamonte. Sebastian yeah, Bustamante. Yes. 2018 450 EXCF, six days. Vortex ECU, EE protectors, all four, all over. FMF 4.1, C Concepts, Polysport, Clear Plastics, Cyclops Headlight, Size Tech, Simtech. Whoa, he, okay, so he has these clear plastics. I remember these things. Those were pretty cool. They were like kind of see-through. Um. Yeah, that's a that's an inch. This bike looks good. This is a good looking machine. Keep going. Moto minded dash, Midwest engineering clutch and brake levers, Cycra head handguards, and some other small bits. Nothing too crazy. Some other small bits. I'm doing the I'm doing the check. I'm. <laughs> You know what the Jimmy check is? I'm just scanning over. First thing I go to, I, I just look at that front wheel to make sure there isn't any weighing down that front end of that motorcycle. And I'm not seeing anything. It's, it's only on a, the rear. Yeah, it's only on the rear. That's a, the rear needs it. It's real easy to drag that rear disc through something that it doesn't want to go through. Um, the front, nah, not so much. He has a tugger strap on the front of that thing. It's funny because this bike looks so clean, but it's set up to get busy. I like this bike. I like this bike. It's a nice bike. That's that's roostable. Our roost area is getting kind of tall. Pretty pretty big there. Yeah, it's getting big. Well, don't worry. There. There, there's there's an endo in there. Can you see? Oh yeah. Thanks for the warning. Can you see my Husaberg on the end? The one at the very end, the five seventy. No, no, it's we got to like it's, it's off the screen. It's off the screen. We got we need to get a bigger. This, we, need we need to pull this thing back. We need to get a bigger camera. <laughs> bigger camera. Yeah. Okay. What's next, Logan? Uh, here. <laughs> so this is a before and after picture from Seth. So that's the before. Okay. Which I'm going to pull up the Seth before picture. Who? Is it Seth or John, John Stockwell? John Stockwell. 
Yeah, so I'll pull up the before for everyone to can see. Okay, so I'm looking at a uh, a rogue echo bike. Looks like a looks like a seat with a fan blade on it, and and those handlebars that articulate back and forth, so you can build up your boobs. <laughs> Makes your boobs talk about it, Logan. Let's go. That's it's not on that. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no, it's on. It's on the after, which is now on the screen for the viewers. Oh. Oh, so we're going to talk about his bike. Yeah. 2022. Oh, so this amazing transformation. It's like it's like he he rode that exercise bike enough or he bought the exercise bike for his wife <laughs> and then he was able to buy an exercise bike for himself. Oh, I've had, I've yeah. had fun on those exercise bikes. That motherfucker's got a okay, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, Logan, tell us what it is. 2022 350 XCF. Just protective bits. Header guard. Rad guard, hand guards, skid plate, tires change to gold tire, 216 and 333. So pretty stock bike. I, I like I like the stock KTMs, looks nice. Um I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not sure where the exercise bike came into the whole thing. It's it's probably that that's a, that 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 joke is about as stupid as this whole show. You think so? <laughs> I, I, there's, there's a little fishing there, but I like the effort. I really do like the effort on the, the roost of the endo. I'm sorry. The endo of submitting a stock bike and thinking that it roosts because there's no way that this whole show or this aftermarket industry would survive with people like you buying exercise bikes instead of ECUs. Okay. Next, next, this next one could be, I don't know where it's going with you. Oh boy. Oh yeah! Oh, I, there's good and bad here. Let's go. Yeah, Michael Pounds, 2015 KTM 500 EXE. EXE ECU flashed in 2015 was the hot setup back then. C Concepts low seat flex hand flex bars. Yes, Jimmy Lewis tiny flex hand bars. You like those, Matt? Black sandbar? Flex hand flex handlebars. Oh yeah, they're nice. They're nice? Yeah. yeah. No, you should say they're really nice. You gotta make a call tomorrow. I do have to make a call. About this. Yeah. yeah. Flex handlebars. Like you should you should just say right now, like I'm going to, they're on every single one of my personal bikes. Oh yeah. And if they're not on my personal bike and I have to ride a bike that doesn't have them, I may not want to ride the next day because my wrists hurt. This I can, is I, I can immediately tell the difference in a motocross track for how long you can be out there without them versus with them. Oh, I don't come back when I have a yeah flex bar. flex bars. Yeah, I yeah. know it's tough. Okay, so good good mod. Keep going, Logan. Kinder Parker tires front and excellent back. excellent tires. They support Jimmy Lewis off road training. Suspension set for my weight. TMD bash plate and chain slider. Trail Tech kickstand. Bulletproof rad guards. Oh, radiation guards. Radiation guards or radiator guards. Oh, That's- I like radiation guards better. Yeah. I mean, maybe if he, if he was if he lived near us, he'd be riding close to Area Fifty One. You get a lot of radiation. Mm-hmm. You were Probably riding with a glow on. stick last weekend with Johnny. Did I have a glow stick on? No, he works at the test site. Oh, oh, Johnny's a glow stick. Yeah, I didn't know. He, I thought he was. I thought he was a bouncer at a strip club. <laughs> Where'd you find out he worked at that place? Johnny, you lying to me again? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, Scott Stamper and more. Super nice bike over 500 hours on her. 
It didn't say anything about chainsaw rack. No. It didn't. The only thing that's bad about the, the handlebar mounted chainsaw rack is the weight you put on the front end of the bike. But the, the work you're doing on the trails speaks for itself. You're the guy everybody else either needs you to go riding first or they want to go riding with. Actually, usually they don't want to go riding with you because you stop and cut logs and they have to wait. But if they get off their damn bike and they're ready to get the log when it comes disconnected and throw it out of the way, you guys move at a pretty good rate of speed. So I applaud you. And for that, you roost way up there. Yeah. Next bike. Seth Waterfall. Seth Waterfall. Blue Crew. Uh, 2022 YZ250 FX. Recluse Radius CX. No Toil Superflow Air Filter. Enduro Engineering Radiator Braces and Perch Mount Handguards. AXP Skid Plate. FMF 4.1 Slip-On. TM Design Works. Shark Fin. Nitro Moose. Platinum front, plushy rear. Is he a friend of Trevor's? He's got all the stuff on it. That's good. That that's a weapon. That bike. This is a really that's a really nice motorcycle. Nothing. Nothing too. Good. Nothing too bad. It does look good. It looks good. It's just. Blue it's just blue and blue. Yeah. He's on a trip. I like the trail. The background. Yeah. That's a sweet ride. I like I this this is like my favorite photo. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you look at the trail. It, the, the the only reason yeah. he's but the what was what was our last guy's name? Seth Waterfall? Yeah. The only reason this is Seth? Who's the guy before him? Oh, uh Michael. Michael. Yeah, the only reason that trail looks that good is cuz Michael is out there cutting the trees you for you. Cut the John. Log that's in no, this picture. No, John? No. Which which guy? Michael. Michael was. Yeah. But that is a that is a sweet fo- that that not only makes me want to ride. Some reason that bike, because I know how good that bike is, mm-hmm. just really really makes me want to ride. I if if I were like I would be torn right now if I was on that bike whether I wanted to have the WR suspension or the FX suspension. And the funny thing is, it's the question is how fast would I want to be riding the trail? Mm. If I wanted to ride it slower, more trail riding pace, WR. If I wanted to kind of have a little aggression and race. I would uh, FX, but that is a really sweet bike. Does it have a big tank on it? Didn't have a big tank, did he? Mm. Can't ride enough. Root uh, and roost. Roost. Uh, Seth McNeil, knee. 2020 FE 501 with every possible mod, Idaho single tra- track slayer. Is that, that was the entire lit list. Well, and he has a front brake disc guard. It's blue. Oh, thanks for pointing that out, Matt. You didn't think I was like magnetically attracted to that? Yeah. I, I noticed he did kind of shoot the angle a little bit so I couldn't see it, but uh, that's okay. Um, this, this is Seth. Seth is yeah. obviously Seen. out. Seath. Seen. It's Seen. Sean. Sean. Seen. Seen. Um, you're obviously out riding too much. I thought you said Seth earlier. Maybe. Yeah. Well, man, that school is not really working out for you, Logan. Have you have you considered a a, a job in the door installation industry? <laughs> I have. You have. Yeah. 
Because I have a, I've been telling you about this. I have this trailer over here that needs a door installed. The door is actually in the trailer. Ready to go. It's evidently ready to go. I know the company that supplied the door, and with with you know with you butchering scenes, with you butchering <laughs> scenes name like this, I think we need to start talking about the door installation <laughs> business. Yeah, scene. Yeah, scene. Well, Seth earlier, but it's okay. <laughs> The good thing is Scene is so busy riding, he doesn't want to tell us anything about his bike, which looks like a pretty fairly well, nice setup bike. I like big tanks. I like some luggage because he's out riding. I like the Tour of Idaho. But the front disc guard just pushed it off the edge, and he probably knew that right off the bat. And that's not what I need and he doesn't have every he doesn't have every mod he no he said he has every mod is it what yeah. he, he was, said every mod that's with verbatim every possible mod every hold on a second available. let's see uh, every mod no you don't have every mod I don't see a damn no, chainsaw but, but, I don't see a chainsaw that. rack on the front of it that's an important that. mod um and I don't see he doesn't have a wheelie bar I don't see a DDC sprocket that's an important mod especially for somebody concerned about trails I don't see a trail tech kickstand on there. That's important. And with all that extra weight you put on it, you might want to put one on there. Uh, I don't know if I can see, I don't know if I see fast company flex handlebars, but I'd mention those, right, Matt? Oh, yeah. Is it important to start mentioning that? It's going to be important. You, you need to cut this this section out of the of the thing and send it over to Cole when you talk to him. Uh, yeah, we're putting this under sanctions. Right, you know? good. At, <laughs> sanctions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, stay with you. And we're going to talk about sanctions. We're we're sanctioning certain companies that we don't talk about. In other words, um, this bike is annoying officially because the list wasn't. At least he told us the. Did you take your make and model? Yeah, he did. Yeah. But you need a chainsaw on the front. Is that it? Yeah. Well, which one wins for you, Logan? Um, the Michael. Why? Because I didn't know how it was going to go over with you because it's got a lot of stuff that doesn't you don't like and a lot of stuff that you did. Right. And but but it's funny because you say what I like what you, you said what I like and what I don't like I like and I don't like but that doesn't what I like doesn't matter just like. What I like doesn't matter to him, and what he likes yeah. doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I just look at it as a package. And that guy has his bike set up for him. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's a high mileage, heavily used bike. You yes. can see it. And he's got a damn chainsaw on the front of the damn thing. And I'm one of these guys that gets to go riding on trails. I don't live in some of these areas, and there's guys that go out and clear trails and do trail work, just like we come down here and we do trails and we try to we try to preserve riding access. We don't have to clear our trails so much. We try to preserve riding access from like a solar farm, for instance, or we try to let people know that this is a single track trail, not a UTV trail. We try to do this. This is important. This is really important for people that are out there. It's like, you gotta, you gotta do your part, put a little bit back in. And that guy's putting a little bit back in because he's not riding around with a, ch I, I sure as hell hope he's not. And I don't think he is. He's not riding around on a chainsaw in front of his bike as a piece of decoration, like a bling oil cover or a, or a fancy funny billet 
anodized piece you put on your front fork down below your, you know, bottom of the fork that protects the disc, you know, that thing. I don't even want to say the word. <laughs> so anyways, you, you think that ruse, it yeah. wins? I think it wins hands down. This, this was a nice bike as well. Actually, all the bikes tonight were pretty nice bikes. Uh, except the exercise bike. <laughs> The exercise bike, if he, if that I got, like that. if that, if, like if that bike got him that motorcycle, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's, if he's sitting on that thing and doing that kind of exercise, he needs to ride more. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyhow, uh, yeah. Can you send that to Taco Mike to make sure that. Yeah, Michael uh, Pounds. Michael, yeah, so Michael Pounds. Awesome. You, you Thank, hey, thanks for sending all these things in. I know we got a, a bunch of them turned in today. We'll get to the other ones on a, a future show. And. Robert Miller says, apart from supporting the aftermarket, what is the most modified bike you have ridden and loved and also hated? Apart from supporting the aftermarket. Oh, I did say I was supporting the aftermarket. I support everybody in the motorcycle industry. The most modified bike I have ridden, loved, and also hated. That's a – can we table that question for – Yeah, like, we can put it in because it's – the show's yeah, starting to – Get old. Uh, Logan's awake. We need to declare – Declare war <laughs> on something. So we're going to declare war on this show going over two hours. And I'm going to yeah. clip it right now. Okay. <laughs> so um, you guys need a Honda Fat Cat. If you TR want to clear, if you want clear trails. Yeah. Rokon would be better. All-wheel drive. Oh. Honda little generator motor. Put gas in the tires. You can be out clearing trails for like a couple weeks. So, uh, anyhow, um, thank you everybody for joining in, watching us. Uh, it's been awesome, uh, seeing you all again. Thanks for uh, joining in the chat. If you're not on the chat and you're listening to it at a later date, maybe on the, uh, sound clouds or the, uh, iPod podcasts, menships, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, all those things. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. Tell a friend about it. Uh, share it. Make your friend listen to it while you're driving out to the uh, next riding area. Say, hey, this guy's an idiot. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Logan. But you'll learn something from the other dude. So <laughs> I just slammed you, didn't I? Yeah. That was so sweet. Okay. So thank you. And uh, anything else we need to mention? We'd like to thank. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports. That's Scott Sports is the goggles that you need climb ddc ddc racing.net trail tech trail tech.net a lot of these are dot nets takomoto is takomoto.co so uh and if you want to get into the victory zone visit yamaha motorsports.com and with that we will see you on the trail right logan see ya <laughs>